Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey everyone, I'm Megyn Kelly. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show and happy Friday. We have a big show for you today. The Hodge twins are here later. This is going to be fun. And the brilliant Dr. Carol Swain joins me in just one minute. But first this... A jury in Chicago finds Jesse Smollett guilty of orchestrating a fake hate crime against himself in January 2019, convicting Smollett on five of six felony counts after nine hours of deliberation. Put another way, the jury has had the final say in this case, and it is this. Jesse Smollett is a liar, a race hustler, and now a convicted felon. This marks the end of a shameful saga involving the actor and his media and Democrat enablers who rushed to establish their woke bona fides by accepting Jussie's absurd allegations as incontrovertible and as proof of their belief that America is awful. Let's be clear. It was apparent from the start that Smollett's allegations stunk to high heaven. A black, gay man, star of the show Empire, but virtually unknown to most Americans, was allegedly recognized on the streets of Chicago at 2 a.m., where he, spur of the moment, headed out to Subway for a tuna fish sandwich in the middle of the epically cold polar vortex. There, in the middle of deep blue Chicago, Smollett was attacked by two racist, MAGA-loving homophobes. Luckily, he just happened to be on the phone with his manager at the time, who could thus be an ear witness to the um, attack in which Smollett was most definitely a very tough and brave guy, as he explained to ABC's Robin Roberts. And while he was on the phone, I uh, heard as I was crossing the intersection, I heard Empire. And I don't answer to Empire. (laughs) My name ain't Empire. Uh, And I didn't answer. I kept walking and then I heard Empire. So I turned around and I said, did you just say to me? I mean, I see the uh, attacker uh, masked. And he said, this MAGA country punches me right in the face. So I punched his ass back. And then um, we started tussling. You know, it was very icy. And we ended up tussling by the stairs, uh, fighting, fighting, fighting. There was a second person involved who was kicking me in my back. And uh, then it just stopped. And they ran off. When Smollett regained his composure, he said, he looked around and his horror only grew. And I looked down and I see that there's a rope around my neck which I hadn't You hadn't noticed I, it before? No, you didn't because see? it was so fast. You know what I'm saying? It was so fast. How long did this all It felt take? like minutes, but it probably was like 30 seconds, honestly. I can't tell you, honestly. Um, I noticed the rope around my neck, and I started screaming. And I said, there's a rope around my neck. Oddly, his first instinct was not to call the police. Why? Because, again, he is a very tough and brave guy. Why did you hesitate to want to call the police? You know, there's a level of pride there. We live in a society where, as a gay man, you are considered somehow to be weak. And I'm not weak. I am not weak. And we, as a people, are not weak. 
So I mean, I can accept that there was pride there. There's also privacy. Smilek claims that it was at that point that he realized his attackers, whom he later claimed were white, had poured bleach all over him, too. How it was that two racist, homophobic, MAGA-loving attackers just happened to recognize him, hurl racial and gay slurs at him, knowing, of course, his sexuality, and be ready to attack him with a noose and bleach at 2 a.m. on the streets of Chicago remained unclear, as Robin Roberts apparently did not feel the need to ask. It would later become clear that Smollett tightened the alleged noose around his own neck just in time for the arrival of the cops, who his manager called, testifying that it was thrown on him loosely. Uh, But pictures later showed it nice and tight around his throat. Wonder how that happened. The Robin Roberts did not confront Smollett with the obvious implausibility of his entire story. She did get him to wax poetic about how hard it is when not everyone believes you. I'm pissed off. What is it that has you so angry? Is it the the attackers? It's the attackers, but it's also the attacks. It's like, you know, at first it was a thing of like, listen, if I tell the truth, then that's it, because it's the truth. Mm -hmm. Then it became a thing of like, oh, how can you doubt that? Like, how do you how do you not believe that? It's the truth. And then it became a thing of like, oh, it's not necessarily that you don't believe that this is the truth. You don't even want to see the truth. You don't want to see the truth, the truth about America, that is, about life as a black gay man in racist, homophobic America. You doubt Jussie, you see, and you are hashtag part of the problem. As if on cue, Smollett's media and Democratic enablers jumped in, making clear one may not question the hate crime story of a black gay man who is a very tough and brave guy and definitely not a liar. Example, Ellen Page, now Elliot, who went on with Colbert to express her disgust at those who would question this obviously true story. Of a media that's saying it's a debate whether or not what just happened to Jesse Smollett is a hate crime. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. This isn't a debate. I agree. I agree. Sorry, I'm like not at all. I'm like really fired not up tonight. This but is how this is how you have to be fired up. It feels up. impossible to you not feel fi- this way you have right to be now. Fired up. And those questioning his story. Those two also meant those jerks who used qualifiers when describing Smollett's allegations, like the bigots at Sweet Little Entertainment Tonight. No, they did not escape their notice. You see, E.T. reported Smollett had been hospitalized after a, quote, possibly homophobic and racially charged attack. Not good enough, people. Enter AOC who never misses a chance to exploit a thing like this. She tweeted out, quote, there's no such thing as racially charged. This attack was not possibly homophobic. It was a racist and homophobic attack. If you don't like what is happening to our country, then work to change it. It is no one's job to water down or sugarcoat the rise of hate crimes. (laughs) 
AOC was not the only one unwilling to wait for the facts to play out. Kamala Harris immediately called it a modern day lynching, adding no one should have to fear for their life because of their sexuality or the color of their skin. We must confront this hate. Joe Biden tweeted that this kind of attack, quote, must never be tolerated in this country. We must stand up and demand that we no longer give this hate safe harbor. Bernie Sanders weighed in, calling the attack on Smollett, quote, a horrific instance of the surging hostility toward minorities around the country. Never to be outdone on racial hysterics, Joy Reid tweeted out, nooses never really disappeared as messages of a very specific kind of terror. But every time they're used, my God, it's chilling. Praying for Jussie's full recovery and for us all. Rashida Tlaib added, when one of the most famous black and gay men in America is not safe, the message is clearer than it has ever been. The dangerous lies spewing from the right wing is killing. Subject verb disagreement is on her part, is killing and hurting our people. That was the politicians. The politicians, we expect them to be biased and stupid and to jump to conclusions that they think will help them win votes. Uh, except for Joy Reid. She's part of the media. But her brethren in the media, well, they were just as bad, just as bad. Check out this pathetic display from Grabian. And remember, we in the media used to try not to assume facts until they had been confirmed. Jesse Smollett was the victim of a vicious, racist and homophobic attack. His attackers hurled racial and homophobic slurs. Two people yelled, Racist and homophobic slurs. Racial and homophobic slurs. The offenders uttered, this is MAGA country. The hate crime went down early this morning in Chicago. Officials are investigating the alleged assault as a hate crime. And now police say they're investigating this as a possible hate crime. This is this is stomach-turning, mind-boggling mm-hmm. information. It, it's, it's out of control. And- Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi tweeting, the racist homophobic attack on Jesse Smollett is an affront to our humanity. And Senator Cory Booker said the vicious attack on actor Jesse was an attempted modern day lynching. Kamala Harris calling the attack an attempted modern day lynching. But I'm so shaken by the story. This is horrible to report. This is a horrible story. Ellie, this is a horrible story. Yeah. I mean, the circumstances wow. are just horrific. Absolutely despicable. Yeah, a lot of people can't believe this is actually happening in 2019. It's hard to believe that we're reporting, that we're even saying words like this in 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is America in 2019. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Hard to believe. Yes, it is hard to believe. And that's for a very good reason. Remember when skepticism used to be a virtue amongst reporters? But back to Jesse. Why him? Of all the black gay men out there, why him? Well, here's the cherry on the Sunday. Why do you think you were targeted? I can just assume. I mean... I come really, really hard against 45. I come really, really hard against his administration. And I don't hold my tongue. OMG. Right? I mean, it's, it's like, as Abby would say, secondhand embarrassment. Oh, my God. You see the very tough and brave guy. He stands up to 45. He's anti-Trump. And he's an example to young black gay children everywhere. Just ask him. I just want young people 
young members of the LGBTQ community, young black children, to know how strong that they are, to know the power that they hold in their little pinky. It's been two weeks since that night left actor Jesse Smollett bruised but not broken, and he's still processing the raw emotions. Look at him. With the, if you watch this later on YouTube, he's got the tissue and the tears as you hear the track from Robin. Now we know, of course, that that was acting, fake tears, fake heroism, an Emmy Award-worthy performance. He made the entire thing up. And it was obvious to anyone not blinded by ideology from the start. The story was absurd, yes, but we also heard reports that Jesse, early on, refused to give police his cell phone. Why would that be? As it turns out, he had very good reason not to give it to them. His phone records showed that he had exchanged at least five calls, 40 text messages and several Instagram DMs with one of the two men he hired to attack him in the days before said attack. By the way, those two men, Nigerian brothers, were black. Jesse needs to learn a thing or two about fake hate crimes and how they're perpetrated. Smollett would not provide his medical records to the police because he didn't want cops to know he had not been seriously injured. When the police identified the two brothers as the perpetrators, was Jesse relieved? Was he overjoyed to finally find out who did this to him? Uh, No. In fact, he didn't even want to file charges against these brothers. Why not? Why, Jesse? Listen to what he had told Robin Roberts before they'd been nabbed. How will you be able to heal? Um, I don't know. Let's just hope that they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's not go there yet. Let's um, <laughs> I was talking to a friend and I said, I just want them to find them. And she said, sweetie, they're not going to find them. And that just made me so angry because so I'm just going to be left here with this. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd. He didn't want these brothers to be found or arrested because he knew that they would give up the fact that he hired them, that he wanted publicity. He wanted to look like a hero, that they had re- rehearsed the attack repeatedly. He instructed them how hard to hit him, what to say, that he paid for the rope, the bleach, all of it. And that's exactly what they did. They turned on him just as soon as the Chicago PD got their hands on those two guys. The Chicago PD, which had put all hands on deck to solve this horrific crime and spent $130,000 of taxpayer money. They figured out that Smollett was a liar fairly easily on, uh, fairly early on in the case and fairly easily. They were most unhappy with the wild goose chase he put them on, as we heard directly from the police commissioner. Jesse Smollett took advantage of the pain and anger of racism to promote his career. I'm left hanging my head and asking why. Why would anyone, especially an African-American man, use the symbolism of a noose to make false accusations? How could someone look at the hatred and suffering associated with that symbol and see an opportunity to manipulate that symbol to further his own public profile? How can an individual who's been embraced by the city of Chicago turn around and slap everyone in this city in the face by making these false claims? Mm, Good questions. Contrast that message with the 
George Soros-backed Chicago DA Kim Fox, who tried to dump the whole case and tried to let Smollett off the hook scot-free. Thankfully, a judge wouldn't allow it and appointed a special prosecutor instead, the former uh, U.S. attorney out there named Dan Webb. Webb is a no-nonsense prosecutor. He's all business. And he appeared to agree with at least one piece of Smollett's sentiments as expressed so eloquently to Robin Roberts. I'm an advocate. I respect too much the people who I am now one of those people who have been attacked in any way. You do such a disservice when you lie about things like this. You do indeed, Jussie. Hate crimes are horrific things, but the truth is they are a negligible portion of total crime in this country. Peter Kersenow, a black member of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, laid out the facts in National Review in 2019 after this whole incident, reporting that in 2015 there were 1.2 million murders, rapes, aggravated assaults, and robberies in America. Of those, 821, or 0.00067%, were classified as hate crimes for an entire year. Kersenow went on to point out that an average of 550 Americans are struck by lightning each year, most in a six or seven month period. In other words, the odds of being the victim of a hate crime are roughly the same as being struck by lightning. Those stats weren't some skepticism when someone tells you there's a rash of hate crimes in America, and even some skepticism when one alleges it has happened to him, and especially skepticism when you're a member of the media and it's your business to be skeptical. And that skepticism is there for very good reasons, right? For those reasons, these cases should not play out on Twitter or in newsrooms, but on dockets and in courtrooms where, as the New York State Courthouse where I tried my very first case as a young lawyer, proclaims in marble on its exterior above the big pillars shown on Law & Order episodes, the true administration of justice is the firmest pillar of good government. Jussie Smollett might even agree. I still want to believe with everything that has happened that there's something called justice. Because if I stop believing that, then what's it all for? Coming up next, Dr. Carol Swain joins me to talk about the Jussie Smollett Smollett fake hate crime hoax. Don't go away. Joining me now, Dr. Carol Swain, retired professor of political science and law at Vanderbilt University and now a distinguished senior fellow for constitutional studies at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Carol, I'm so happy to speak with you. I'm such a fan of yours. Thank you for being here. Well, Megan, I'm a fan of yours also. And uh, thank you for having me on. My pleasure. All right. So and it's a great day for it, obviously, because this is I mean, When you hear it laid out, right, like you go back and you listen to that GMA interview he did and his acting and he played every card. I mean, it's infuriating, right, because what he's essentially done is made the road 10 times harder for any person who actually is the legitimate victim of a hate crime. And the numbers are low. They're not non-existent. They're low. But it doesn't mean it never happens. And thanks to him, thanks to him, people are less likely to believe the next person when they come along. 
Well, Megan, I'm always suspicious of those reports. Uh, I don't know what the stats are, but of the ones that the media covers, most of them turn out to be hoaxes. They turn out Mm -hmm. to be ridiculous. And the timing of his hate crime hoax coincided with a narrative that the Democrats were pushing about uh, lynchings and about all these horrible things that Trump supporters had brought back to America as far as white supremacy. So there's a reason why they defended him. He was feeding and providing support for a narrative that they had out there in Congress. And so I think that if you go back and look at the conversation that was taking place in the context of his hoax, you will see that it fits in perfectly. And I would also argue that real white supremacy and violence against uh, Blacks has declined to the point that people that want to keep the racism narrative alive, they actually have to invent a lot of this stuff. And so there's a reason it's almost become like when a man reports his wife missing, the husband becomes uh, the suspect. When a person, especially, you know, a racial and ethnic minority reports a hate crime, I think they are automatically suspect because too many of them have turned out to be hoaxes. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot. You know, it's like the whole Bubba Wallace thing with the noose and the NASCAR. And it was like, mm, no, it actually wasn't. I mean, one. who and- does nooses? I mean, it, nooses. <laughs> I mean, who does nooses? Who throws a Clorox on someone? It was ridiculous from the very beginning. And uh, and so my antenna is always up. And I think, again, that racism in America has declined to the point that you really have to make up these incidents. And too often the person who reports it is actually the person who, you know, is putting forth a hoax. Unfortunately, they usually don't pay any real penalties for that. And if he appeals his uh, uh, conviction, he may still walk because for the most part, the people in the past that have reported hate crime hoaxes, it's just been dismissed because the left says that if it didn't happen in that particular case, it happened to someone somewhere at some time in history. Yeah, that's right. That's basically the BLM statement. Uh, Black Lives Matter issued a statement yesterday before the verdict. They haven't updated it, but they don't need to because it foresaw this because we all predicted he was going to get convicted. This is what they say in part, BLM, to your point. Um, as abolitionists, they call themselves abolitionists, we approach situations of injustice with love and align ourselves with our community because we got us. They say this is not about a trial or a verdict decided in a white supremacist charade. In an abolitionist society, this trial would not be taking place and our communities would not have to fight and suffer to prove our worth. What? Okay, they go on. We can never believe police, especially the Chicago Police Department over Jussie Smollett, a black man who has been courageously present, visible and vocal in the struggle for black freedom. Can we believe the two black Nigerian brothers who testified and said Jussie's a liar? Can, is, are they did they get a vote? Can we believe the black police commissioner who said Jussie's a liar and made this whole thing up to the detriment of black people who actually do get attacked? They go on to say police lie and Chicago police lie, especially Jussie Smollett lies, too. <laughs> That's me. Black Lives Matter, they finish, will continue to work toward the abolition of police and every unjust system. So, <laughs> OK, they don't care about verdicts because the whole system is white supremacist. I mean, this whole thing about Black Lives Matter, I'm talking about the slogan and the organization. For one thing, the slogan is a fact statement, but the organization 
if they really cared about black lives, they'd be out there fighting uh, the abortion clinics and they would be fighting. Uh, they would be out there doing something about the violence in Chicago, uh, the uh, crime rate that's uh, skyrocketed since they appeared on the scene. And the defunding of police only hurts black people. And so they don't care about black lives. I mean, they care about pushing a Marxist agenda. They've been very clear about that. And uh, Smollett was trying to help them with their agenda, their white supremacy uh, narrative. Uh, the dangers that we face today is because white people are not holding black people and other minorities to the same standards. And there cannot be any equality in our nation until all citizens are held to the same standards of conduct. Yeah, it's it's crazy to actually read, you know, how they just don't care about the facts at all. OK, all right. Well, I, I mean, at least they admit it. Um, in the meantime, let's talk about what's likely to happen to him, because he hasn't yet been sentenced. That'll happen uh, in the coming weeks. But normally somebody who makes up something like this might expect to get probation and a fine. Um, these are felony counts. He's been convicted of five out of six. It was basically all you lied to this cop by saying you you were the victim of, of a fake hoax and you lied to this cop and you lied to this person again. And basically they, they weren't sure about whether he lied to the sixth cop, which is why he got convicted on five out of six instead of six out of six. Now, He's facing potentially up to 18 years in prison because it's um, three possible years per count that that won't happen and it shouldn't happen. But I do believe he should face jail time because of the damage he's done to the legitimate claims when they do come after him to the country, uh, to the narrative and the divisive, to the divide that already exists between us. Uh, and he did it at a very tense time. Um, and I also believe he should face jail time, Carol, because he perjured himself. And that is a factor you can consider when sentencing a defendant. He he lied under oath on the stand to that jury. What do you think? I know. I mean, we could give him a nominate him for an Academy Award for his performance on the stand. Um, I think he should get five years. I mean, they can suspend two. But yeah, he needs to serve some time. And it's not, you know, it's it's that. It's the fact that when they have these hoaxes done by members of the, quote, victim groups, there's usually no consequences. There has to be consequences. And and I can go back to some of the times when people are caught, you know, engaging in particular kinds of behavior. It could be uh, voter fraud. There are not consequences for certain groups of people. I think that we all need to be held to the same standards. And that's when you have true equality in America, that's when you have a true deterrent. Right now, there's no deterrent for engaging in that kind of behavior. Right. That's exactly right. What is the deterrent to the next person in making such an allegation if he doesn't have a real penalty, if he doesn't spend some time in jail? He he should go to jail. I agree with you. Five with suspended two would be a reasonable sentence to this, because if you were prosecuted for perjury and he lied repeatedly, I mean, he could be facing several years in prison and they are allowed to do that. If Dan Webb wanted to separately now prosecute him for for perjury, he could. Uh, but more than likely, it'll just be argued as a factor at his sentencing for these felonies. Um, there's another well, piece you, of it. There's Megan, another piece if that of that was it. me. Yeah. If yeah, I was the guilty party or if it was a, a, a conservative uh, Republican, 
they would throw the book at us. We would get the maximum sentence. But unfortunately, in this country, at this point in time, it seems to be a double standard that uh, people that align themselves with the Democratic Party and the progressives, uh, they, they, they don't even get basically a slap on the wrist. And so it would be a step forward for America. It would be a good sign if he is sentenced. But I wouldn't hold my breath that that's going to happen because at the end of the day, the people in power and the elites, they cave. And I think that they are afraid of the political left and there would be consequences. And, you know, Black Lives Matter would threaten to burn down the nation, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we have all this intimidation that we allow to take place. I hate this moment in American history where there is no justice. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Where people are still in a situation like this, more worried about social justice than courtroom justice. You know, we saw a good outcome in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, I thought. And we don't always get it right. We don't always get it wrong. But the the jury got it right here. And now it'll be up to the to the judge to take the next step. But here's here's the other thing I wanted to ask you about. Before this happened, before Jesse staged the attack on himself um, and he had worked with these two guys, I guess, on the set of Empire. That's how he knew them. He had mysteriously, Carol, received a hate letter with like it was straight out of one of these stupid serial killer movies where they take the block letters out of the magazine and cut it, cut them up. And it was like a threat. It was once again like a MAGA related threat against him as a black gay man. I mean, Jesse weirdly falls under attack a lot. Um, and I'm telling you, because I had a lawyer on the on the show not long ago saying because that was put that was put in an envelope and it was put in the U.S. mail. And it was mailed to him by someone. And she was saying that's that's mail fraud. I mean, that's wire fraud. And he could actually be prosecuted on that, too. He was asked about this alleged you know, threat during the interview with Robin Roberts and listen to how he himself is willing to tie whoever sent it to whoever committed the hate crime on the streets of Chicago against him. Listen. In fact, the week before the attack, police confirm a letter was sent to the Fox studio in Chicago with threatening language and laced with powdery substance, likely Tylenol. Do you think there's a link between the letter and the attack? Um, And you did mention it to the police right away about the letter. Absolutely. Um, Just because on the letter it had a stick figure hanging from a tree with a gun pointing towards it with the words that said, Smollett, Jussie, you will die black there was no address, but the return address said in big red, you know, like caps, MAGA. Did I make that up too? Yes, you clearly did, Jesse. <laughs> Carol, help me. <laughs> well, the thing about it is so ridiculous, so stupid, what comes out of their imagination. Is that his creativity? Um, obviously, uh, if, if he faked that part of the hoax, the, uh, the hate crime was a hoax. Uh, the person who sent the letter, uh, it was obviously him or him working with someone else. And so it's the same crime. And I think he should be prosecuted for that, too, and held accountable. But, yeah, it's just so stupid. It's He's- ridiculous. And, you know, something the conservatives that I know about it, they're not fixated on gays, whether they're black or whoever they are. You know, that's not what people spend their time thinking about. They don't care. They don't care. And so. Uh, the whole idea that, you know, Trump supporters, this is what they're fix, fixated on. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like he doesn't understand Trump supporters. Um, the 
the fact that like think about it if jesse smollett really did receive that letter from some you know racist homophobe and then it gave him the idea let's say to perpetrate an actual attack on himself and it would maybe improve his negotiations with fox on salary for empire was already getting a hundred thousand dollars an episode mm-hmm. um when they when they then ask you do you think it was the same person you know like and you're thinking you really received this letter from a from a homophobic racist you would say i don't know you know we should investigate both of them right we should really look into no he's like yes it was the same absolutely it was because the same. he knew it because <laughs> it was because the same it was yeah. it was him and he as far as i'm concerned he should be prosecuted for that that's also another crime he's perjured himself he's committed wire fraud he has committed a fake hate crime which has divided us apart even more than we were and he ought to go to jail i have to ask you about um the news and the and sort of the hollywood community and their reaction so the news media carol can i tell you we went back and looked what what did msnbc do last night right joy reed who was so outraged about you know the news in america nothing she didn't say one word nor did chris hayes nor did rachel maddow nor did lawrence o'donnell nor did brian williams none of them they ignored this verdict on msnbc they do it all the time uh, even uh, that black lives matter protester who was an instigator uh, i think his name was sullivan uh, on january 6th he was released, you know, where other people, you know, are in John, jail. Yeah. Some of them have not had charges filed against them. How long will the political left be able to, to get away with what they're doing? And the people that I know in my network, they're saying that nothing will happen to Smollett because uh, he has friends in high places, that the Democrats will protect him, that he'll not see jail time. I mean, what kind of America... Uh, what has America become that that's the case that people believe that if you have high friends in high places among the political left, there's no consequences. We know that there are always consequences for conservatives and they can be first offenders. They don't get any mercy. It's 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 just an America that I barely recognize. It's amazing to me that they didn't even have the nerve, the skin saving instinct to at least put on a report, just at least put up a reporter to tell America what happened in that trial. That's what I understand GMA did this morning. Uh, I haven't looked at the whole show, but I'm I'm told that it looks like they didn't put a guest on it. They didn't acknowledge what happened with Robin. Uh, I'll take a closer look at it myself later. But what they did was just a straight report. But MSNBC couldn't even be dragged to do that, to update its audience on on the the truth about these crazy tweets they had sent and reports they had done at the time. Um, The Hollywood community is just as bad, Carol, as you know. I mean, and the the absurdity, they they know nothing about anything. They they know nothing. They know how to act. That's great. Do that. Be quiet about legal cases. They continue to embarrass themselves. I want to give you a couple of examples. All right. Here's, um, okay, Rob Reiner. You know, he's like, crazy far left that his hatred for trump was just overwhelming he says the horrific attack on smollett has no place this is after it allegedly happened no place in a decent human loving society homophobia existed before trump but there's no question that since he has injected his hatred into the american bloodstream we are less decent less human and less loving no intolerance exclamation point no dt exclamation point now he later deleted it once it became clear that Jesse was a liar. But of course, they jump right to 
It's Trump. It's Trump's fault. Uh, actor Billy Eichner, he he tweeted out heartbroken and furious reading about the attack on Jesse Smollett. I want Trump and all MAGA lunatics to burn in hell. He again later deleted the tweet and then tweeted this after the fact. There's no part of me that doubts that Trump and MAGA culture have encouraged and emboldened these types of attacks. And that is truly effing unforgivable. <laughs> I could go on. Well, I mean, I think it's sad. Uh, and Megan, I mean, I'm wondering, like, for people like us that care about truth, we care about the Constitution and our nation, what can we do? Uh, is there a way that we can reach the audiences of, you know, CNN, MSNBC, all of those places where people are being uh, lied to, the truth is being withheld, uh, that I, I don't know, you know, like, what can we do? Because you can't force them to go to a particular outlet, yet uh, these people are being held in darkness when it comes to truth about what's taking place in their nation. It's true. In our nation. It's true. And one wonders whether they want the delusion. I don't think they want it. I think that there are people that trust the media because uh, at one point I can say that I did too. You know, I didn't realize that there was so much fake news and for me, it was, uh, I don't know if you remember Jenna Six, uh, Louisiana, where people went to Jenna, Louisiana, that was supposed to be a white tree that only white students could stand under and CNN covered it. And it turned out that that was a false narrative. And, uh, but that was when I first saw uh, that CNN staged news, mm. news, that it was staged well, I mean, then, of course, in the past year and a half, we've been treated treated to more staged news as Chris Cuomo, the now fired Chris Cuomo, emerged from his basement for the first time from coronavirus. Meanwhile, we'd all seen the pictures of him running around the Hamptons with it. It's like, who do you think you're kidding? But now it's dangerous right now. It's like this is that's a matter of breaking trust with your audience. This is a matter of dividing us even more at a really precarious time when we were already getting progressively tribal. They don't care. They, they don't care. And then well, when the Democrat wins, it's unity. OK, great. You know what would help? Go right. back and own your mistakes. Do a full report on GMA about how you weren't skeptical enough and you gave a platform without tough questions. And I like Robin Roberts. She's a sweet person, but she failed. She fell down on the job there. And GMA did, too. And she was the least of the offenders. All those other people I mentioned, where's their apology? You know, the folks on MSNBC we showed, they should be out there. They should be mad at Jesse Smollett. They should be on the air this morning doing the report I just did and saying this is bullshit. You know, like calling him out and they should want to see him go to jail. Well, uh, Megan, don't hold your breath. What I think is happening is that they get their talking points from the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party. Again, if you go back to the discussions they were having at the time that the hate crime hoax occurred, uh, it was uh, serving their purposes. And so I think that if we have a media that is in bed with the progressive left, they're all going to be on the same page because they're getting their talking points from one source. And I think that a lot of the journalists and the anchors, they're so afraid of the radical left that they're yes. not going to step out and speak truth. That's right. That's right. And they're dying to show how woke they are. You know, like, it's horrible. It's horrible. That's a reaction you save for when you see dead bodies in the street after a truck mows them down or you see a school shooting that you knew that, you know, happened. Not a case like this where there's no eyewitness. There's no videotape. People right from the get go were casting doubt on it and it didn't make sense on its face that you don't do the it's horrible, horrible. What a nation. 
in a case like that, because your news judgment should tell you we don't know the facts yet. We know one person alleged something. If true, it's awful. We don't know if it's true. We'll wait to find out. And now we know it was all a lie. And he made fools or liars of them all. Dr. Carol Swain, will you come back? Because you are somebody I want to do a full show with a background profile on you. Your your history is so interesting. I've listened to you on so many programs. I got to know you through Glenn Lowry's show. But will you come back and we do the full caboodle one of these I days? I would love to. And you keep up the good work because we need you out there and we need so many more people speaking truth. Thank you. Thank you. All the best. And coming up, uh, two guys I've also been looking forward to meet, the Hodge Twins, superstars on YouTube. And they're going to have some strong thoughts on this, too, because they've been doing videos on, on Jussie. And don't forget, folks, you can find The Megan Kelly Show live on Sirius XM Triumph Channel 111 every weekday at noon east. And the full video show and clips when you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Megyn Kelly. I will we'll cut that opening monologue today. We'll put it out on YouTube. You can share it with people who haven't seen it because they should. Uh, or if you prefer an audio podcast, you can go ahead and subscribe and download on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts for free. Uh, there you'll find our full archives, too, more than 215 shows. We're joined now uh, by Keith and Kevin Hodge, better known as the Hodge Twins. I'm so excited for this. Keith and Kevin are known for their unbridled and hilarious takes on the news. They are proud and outspoken conservatives, a viewpoint they admit took about 30 years to fully understand and embrace. Keith and Kevin are also the perfect guests to continue our discussion on the guilty verdict in the Jesse Smollett case and to dive into all the headlines ahead of the weekend. Welcome, Keith and Kevin. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you for having us, Megan. Yeah. All right. But for our YouTube audience, um, just want to make sure it's Kevin, you're on the left. You've got the red in your shirt. Probably your right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my right. <laughs> <laughs> <It's left. laughs> you with the red are Kevin and you yeah, without you the red on. are Keith. Yeah, red do, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. I mean, uh, for the, for the listening audience. Man. They are truly identical. I mean, like it is it is hard to tell you apart. I'm sure your wives can do it and your, your mom and all that. But um, let's talk about Smollett, because I know you guys have been covering it on your channel. And I mean, to me, it's just when you go back and you look at his interview with Robin Roberts, it's embarrassing what an obvious liar he was, how everyone ran with it gleefully. They loved believing it, which is so weird, but not surprising. Um, and your thought your thoughts now on, on the fact that he's been publicly humiliated and disgraced. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's fitting. But I mean, when Trump was in office, um, you used to hear a lot on the right that people have Trump derangement syndrome on the left. And Jesse just took that to a whole new level. Yeah. I mean, he was <laughs> infatuated with 45 and even brought it up in an interview with when, when he was being interviewed about what happened. It's like, yes, you can, I could see through it so much when he was in his interview and then just for it to happen in downtown Chicago. Yeah. It's nuts. Right below zero, and he's eating tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> right, right. It's so absurd. Like, how did he's they a... know he was going to be there? <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly like no one was stopping to ask that question. Like you, so you, by your own testimony, it was a spontaneous trip out for food. Originally at trial, he claimed I was going to go to Walgreens for some eggs, but they were closed, so I switched it to a twenty-four um, hour food location, like Subway for tuna fish. And it just lo and behold, these two guys, white guys, he originally said saw me recognized in the middle of the polar vortex at 2 a.m. that it was that it was I, Jussie Smollett, the star of empire and knew my sexuality. 
that I happen to be gay because everybody knows everything about me. They recognized it was me. They knew I was um, a gay man. And they were like, thank God we brought our bleach and our noose. Let's get them. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, MAGA supporters are not going to watch Empire. <laughs> 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 was it that type of show? <laughs> Maybe Yellowstone. But Yellowstone, not right, the non, the non woke Yellowstone. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was absurd. And when you look back at like how outraged Hollywood too was, uh, we pulled yeah. some of the examples, and I was like, oh my god. So here's one: Sean Hayes, who you know, you love Sean Hayes. He was from Will and Grace. You know, I don't. I, he's got a successful podcast now. I don't know him to be political. Maybe he is on that. Now, he tweeted mm -hmm. out. I can't believe we still live in a country where hate is so severe. Okay, Sean, there's another possibility. We don't live in a country where <laughs> we don't live in that country, right? Like, but the left doesn't even stop and pause and ask themselves that because it's baked in. They believe it. Yeah, it's like these people really want this hatred to still be out there. They truly want this to never end. Yeah, like it gives them a sense of purpose. Right. Just to assume that this uh, this incident was true. I mean, I've never ever ever heard of another incident this of a hate crime. This is the only one I've heard about. It turns out that it's fate. Yeah, and more yeah, times than not, not when you hear day, about yeah. things, they're they're all hoaxes. Yeah, every in time I hear about day America. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you make of what what will happen in your view if the judge sentences him sentences him to jail time? Both both because he lied repeatedly repeatedly to cops because he divided the nation in a disgusting way. And that's why we don't allow fake claims of hate crimes. And because um, he perjured himself on the stand. And I was just mentioning to Carol Swain, it also appears he committed some mail fraud because it's very clear to me, although it wasn't introduced, he sent himself that scary letter a couple of weeks before his alleged fake hate crime. <laughs> I mean, they, they have no choice. He, cause he said, uh, if they don't give him jail time, this sets a horrible precedent. Right. I mean, Hate crimes are horrible tragedies whenever it happens. Yeah. And for somebody to come out, it's like a the boy who cried wolf. Nobody's gonna believe the people that actually experienced this kind of event. Yeah. They have to mm -hmm. set a precedent that this is not a tolerated in my country. What do you make? Yeah, of I mean, he should see the same punishment as an actual hate crime, you yeah. ask me, because he did a lot of harm to our to the communities across the United States. Yeah, he, he needs to go to jail, even though that's probably be a playground for him. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't wait. think Megan, I don't even actually think this is punishment for him. He's gonna be around a bunch of black guys to work out. <laughs> All right. No one wants anything bad to happen to Jesse in jail or anywhere else, but he should of go to jail. Not. Oh, of course not. But, but let me ask you this, because to me, the media's reaction to this is the same as the believe all women stuff. Believe all women. And you know, notwithstanding the Duke fake rape allegations and the UVA fake gang rape allegations and the allegations against Justice Kavanaugh falling apart. And now, still with this, I guarantee you the next time an allegation like this comes up, no one on the left or the, or the media will have learned their lesson. It's going to be believe all, you know, race hoax claims. Yeah, I mean, they're still going to believe something happened to Justice that night. It's, right. it's like they live in this delusion. And it's weird that all these mainstream media ran with this story without, you know, the facts come out. And they never, I never heard not one commentator or anchor say, allegedly, they assumed everything was true. Which is weird because you being a journalist, you have to make sure you're putting out truthful things and yeah. factual things to go out yeah. and run a store with no proof. It's like very dangerous for especially somebody on the media wearing a suit. People 
think there's yeah. yeah you can trust That's them right. they just ran and, and it's in, in part because of people like aoc little entertainment tonight like not controversial tried to use qualifiers like alleged you know m- might have been and she hammered them you know it was you have to say it and so on all right much much more with kevin and keith hodge going to a lot of fun places don't miss this including hillary clinton and her video may, may be the saddest thing you've seen this week don't go away I am joined now by Kevin and Keith Hodge, a.k.a. the Hodge Twins, the hilarious, conservative, super successful comedians and stars of YouTube. Guys, so pleased to have you here. You have such an interesting history, and I've been sort of studying up on you. Understand mm-hmm. that you were born in Virginia, September of 1975, September 17th, uh, identical twins, Christians, um, former Marines now, which is great. Thank you for your service. You're both married with kids. And one of the things that was in sort of the bio about you guys was that according to an L.A. Weekly article from 2016, the longest they've ever been apart is 10 hours. What? <laughs> That's what? That's a lot. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we had awkward quite, in the evening hours. Um, yeah, we had quite some time apart when we was in the Marine Corps. Yeah. But uh, our whole lives, we've always been together. Yeah. Usually, like, I'll get a job. Because uh, I interview better. <laughs> and then once I get the job, I say, I got a guy that looks just like he needs a job, too. Yeah. Like, we've been super close our whole life. You know, Keith's a cool, uh, super cool brother. Every time he gets me a job there, I always end up getting us both fired. <laughs> but as I, find, as I found out in reading up on you, that turned out to be a, a good thing um, yeah. in, your le- in your most recent firing because it, it bounced you into this hugely successful career on YouTube where you have over 5 million followers i think i have two hundred and forty-seven thousand followers guys so how do i get to five million be as genuine as possible be yourself yeah be real people when it comes to um doing videos and being on radio people can detect fakeness if you're fake people are not going to genuinely like you people are connected to personalities people that are real and very genuine yeah how long did it take you to build up those numbers um, it started off really slow for us because um, we was being fake at first. <laughs> it was like, yeah, the first year we was, uh, it was really slow. I mean, we was on there for like a year and had like 10,000 subscribers. And, but then we started talking about like current events in the news, whatever was hot in the news. And then it, it got us uh, going. But it really took off for us when we got to fitness. Yeah. That was years ago. Yeah. Um, Wait, what? Oh, when you got into fitness, right? Because you're both personal trainers as well. Yeah, not anymore. I'm I'm a Republican now. I'm fat. Yeah, and I got a dad bod. <laughs> yeah, I don't look like I did before I got into politics. I got a fit in over here. Yeah, you look pretty. <laughs> Try to look like an old white man. <laughs> so wait, so when you because you were living sort of normal lives, you weren't stand up comics, you weren't in the public eye, you had regular jobs, but mm-hmm. you knew you must have known you were funny or had a thing because you sort of started to dabble a little in YouTube and videos. And then when you got fired, yeah. as I understand, that's when you're like, let's go. Let's do this thing. Yeah, it was just like a hobby because we worked at a triple A uh, of California was insurance adjusters, right? Oh, that job wow. sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Women must have been like, Magic my car broke down again. Please. Oh, my <laughs> back God. So you come back from the weekend. I was like, I got to go back to this PLA. Yeah. Because we deal with um, auto insurance claims. Yeah. Uh, oh, claims. Man, people that's, that's rough. Ruthless. It comes, yeah, and we just started as like a hobby. We knew people were making money on YouTube, but we didn't. We didn't think it was going to take off the way it did. Like what but year it is this? Up, yeah. 
This was in 2008 when we started. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and then, most uh, recently, over the last three years, we dealt in uh, politics. So you, yeah. But at that time, you weren't political. And as I understand it, there was this one video um, that uh, you guys call your first po- political video in 2018. Um, mm-hmm. There's some profanity in it. Our listeners are used to that. Here we go. This is Soundbite. It's labeled 21. You know, people always go after the weak. Yeah, they do. That dude was not, dude was small wearing a hat. He's, that dude look like he's a pretty big guy, man. Salt new kids like that, man. I bet you wouldn't have came up to me if I was wearing that hat. Yeah, I bet you would, man. All I'm these a, damn games I got. Yeah, I've been sitting there eating my burger and fries. I look you straight in the face. Make America great again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd have told us that these are some damn good fries. Yeah. What you gonna do about it? Come over here. Got a problem with this hat? Won't you come on over here? Yeah, come on over here. Come on over here. Come on over here and take this See, hat. See, you gonna walk over. But you ain't walking back, and I'm going to still have his hat on. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with Make America Great Again? Ain't nothing wrong with Make America Great Again, Let's man. Make America Great Again. Make America Great Again. Yeah. Man, you know how many unfollowed me yesterday just because I was taking up for a little white boy who got assaulted and robbed <laughs> while he was eating his damn fries and drinking his nice vanilla milkshake? You can't even go in a restaurant, man. Which you make America hat again without getting assaulted. <laughs> you know who started all this? Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters. She started all this, man. Yeah, that's that lady with that James Brown action. <laughs> yeah, man. She got all kinds of James Brown action. Yeah, man. If I'm wrong for taking up for a kid who got assaulted and robbed, then I don't want to be right. I don't want to be right. If that's right... I don't want to be right. You know what I want, man? You know what I want? What? I want to make America great again. Yeah. (laughs) Once you went there, you went there. (laughs) Yeah. It was his idea. And as soon as we posted that video, I followed, we lost like 10,000 followers an hour. And I was like, great idea. (laughs) 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 But you know what? Megan and Gavin, as I said, these people have been following us for years. And initially, we didn't want to come out politically because we know it's going to alienate half our fan base. Yeah. We was conservative for years. Mm-hmm. But when, once all these people started trashing us and like talking down to us, I said, like, you know what? Let's come out of the closet. Just tell everybody we're conservative. <laughs> I don't want these people falling. So yeah. we kept doing the videos and kept doing them. And, and we never knew it was going to take off the way it did. I think I was actually believing the left, saying everybody on the right was white supremacists and they wouldn't really like me to begin with. But Man, our fans have really supported us. And as a black man, I've been all over this country and I don't see all this racism, all this hatred that the left's preaching about. This fundamentally, the typical American are just great people and just want to be left alone and they want to just have the opportunity to live the American dream. That's all everybody wants. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the response to that would be you can't. There is no opportunity for the American dream if you are born black in America. Whether you know it or you don't know it, the system is designed to keep you down. And if I believed that, I wouldn't be where I am. And a lot of people need to take a look at America as our worst enemies a lot of times is ourselves. If no opportunity is there for you, sometimes you got to go out and create your own opportunities. That's what we did. Yeah. And created my own opportunities. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, I'm black, I don't have any opportunity. Maybe your opportunity is not because you're black. Maybe you're just in a, um, it's just that maybe you're not a good person. Maybe you don't have any skills to, where people will give you opportunity. 
make greater decisions. Yep. Make your own opportunity. That's what you have to do. This is America. You have so much opportunity on the internet and just a traditional way of earning a living is, is gone. You can earn a living on the internet. You can make money so many ways and earn the American dream. It's not even yeah. funny because it's, it's still yeah. the greatest country on this planet. Amen to that. I had um, Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street on the show, um, I don't know, yeah. a month or a month and a half ago. And he has these great tweets, which sum up a lot of thoughts that I've also had. And one of them is just in response to virtually anything. Sad story. No one cares. <laughs> like work right. harder. You know, just work harder. E- everyone has had troubles and things stacked against them. And it's like either you choose to harp on it and consider yourself a victim and sit around saying, woe is me. Or you forge forward, you work harder, you double down and you can get you can get there. We good Lord, we've had a black president of the United States. You can get there. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think the left really wants to um, liberate people. They want to enslave people. I mean, like just the term white privilege. Yeah. People actually believe that a lot of my black uh, people in my family. Of, well, of course, they're black because I'm black. I'm talking about like my cousins, <laughs> uncles, aunts and stuff like that. They actually believe. In white privilege. And if you actually believe that, you're already screwed. Yeah, you already believe that you're a substandard. You're yes. not as good as white people. Like, I sit down with a lot of blacks and they say, look at this beautiful white girl. She's got all this white privilege. I said, no, she's not successful because she's white. She happens to be a beautiful girl that's white, but she's very good at what she does. Mm-hmm. Her skin color has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and obviously you can point to a lot of white people who haven't been successful either, right? Who who look the same mm-hmm. as somebody or whatever. But I understand one of you guys, I don't know which one of you, but one of you had experienced what we're all going through, which is like the, the CRT stuff being shoved on your, I read it was one of your son uh, in school, basically yeah, yeah, being yeah. told, yeah, he's not going to get ahead because he's black. So who whose son was that? <laughs> it was me. <laughs> okay, it was Kevin. So why is that funny? That's like it's crazy. This is being taught in school. Yeah. When you send your kid off to school, and I had no idea this was going on because I was totally oblivious. Most parents are oblivious that this is being taught. Yeah. When he comes home with this stuff, I'm like, this is crazy. I send you to school to get an education, to better yourself. And people telling you you're not going to be successful because of the color of your skin. I was like, that is is total madness. I mean, as a black parent, yeah. send your kids to school so the teachers can teach them how dumb and black they are and how they're not going to be as successful as white, white people. It's just, I mean, I, can, I just can't believe that something like this has happened in the United States of America. And some schools are even lowering the standards for people of color when it comes to reading and math, and they're not being treated as equal. So yeah, you don't think yeah. you're not equal. Yeah. 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 Nothing says equality like black people can't do math. Right. I mean, that's yeah. it's ridiculous. And, and by well, the way, then you set all these kids up to fail at the next college or the next level of schooling, like college. Right. Yeah. And it's just something that's not even being pushed at the black community. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's just like a culture within the black community. It's like if you go to college, it's like you're trying to be white. Yeah. Like my daughter, who's just went to high school, they say she sounds white because she like talks proper. Mm-hmm. Which is bizarre. Yeah. Why is proper considered white? You know? <laughs> that's what Jason being, Riley being says. Being able to do math is white. I was like, that doesn't make sense. That's what Jason Riley says. He's a Wall Street Journal uh, reporter and columnist who wrote such a great book. It's just so simple and easy to read. It's please stop helping us. That's the name of his book. And he's talking about Black yeah. America to the feds. Like, stop helping us. Your help continues to set us back at every turn. It's not help of any kind. And he talks about growing up in Buffalo, New York, where he 
was criticized and, so- and somewhat bullied for acting white, talking white. And really, he was just an avid reader, learner, you know, wanted to make something out of his life, but got a lot of blowback from from some corners for doing that. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. It's like I have to talk and dress and sound a certain way. Like I'm supposed to sound like who? Snoop Dogg? Yeah, I'm not from Long Beach. I'm from Martinsville, Virginia. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like that's why we came out with our own children's book. We partnered up with Brave Books. Um, um, it pushes back against the whole CRT nonsense. Yes, yeah. and it's like, yeah, and it's like. I mean, I wanted to go back to the days where Martin Luther King judged people by the content of that character, not by the color of the skin. And no, that's you're what not CRT allowed to do that now. Again. You're out of date, yeah, Keith. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, when you when you look at color and situations and you base it up on that person's skin color, it's dumbing you down, it's lowering your IQ, you're not seeing life correctly, you're looking at through a racist lens that you're trying to prevent. Yeah. It just flaws all our thinking when you base everything on a person's skin color. Yeah, I know. And yet we see examples of it every day. It must be very frustrating. It's frustrating to me as a citizen and the and the mother of three kids. So I don't want learning this stuff. But I'm sure as black conservatives, it's got to be driving you especially insane. Can I ask you, did you go in there, Kevin, and say, don't don't teach my kid that? Like, have you openly pushed back on it at the school? Because I think it'd be a lot harder to dismiss Kevin Hodge than it would be to dismiss Megan Kelly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife went in. Um, I try to, um, I don't really go into the school system unless necessary because of who I am and what I say on YouTube. So I don't want my kids to have to deal with that. I just want mm-hmm. my kids to be normal. I don't, I tell my kids, don't tell people what your dad do or who your dad is. You can, uh, you can, um, say some things, but I don't want people to know who your dad is because you could get some pushback or you could get bullied because the majority of kids, especially people of color, they don't really understand what politics is all about. They, mm-hmm. All they know is that people that's on the right is racist and the people on the left are good people. That's, mm-hmm. You know, so I, right. I try to keep away and I try to keep them from my popularity because yeah, it can only hurt them. Yeah, we just, yeah, we keep a connection with our kids so we tell them what's going yeah. on. We well, you know who else should have been told, don't tell people that I'm your parent? Chelsea Clinton. She could have really benefited from that advice. Right. <laughs> because that connection... <laughs> How about well, Joe Biden, son? <laughs> right, right, exactly. No reason I'll I mean, highlight it. Yeah, I don't believe in white privilege, but I look at Joe Biden, son, I'm like, I think we own something. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my second thought. Um, okay, I raised Chelsea Clinton because her mother, Hillary, for some reason, thought it would be moving, a good idea, a good PR move, for her to on-camera read the um, the acceptance speech she was going to give in 2016, the night she never was able to let down the balloons and the fireworks. And um, it's part of a masterclass, I guess, educational video on the topic of resilience. Um, And here is just a here's a little soundbite of that. I dream of going up to her and sitting down next to her, taking her in my arms and saying, look at me. Listen to me. You will survive. You will have a good family of your own and three children. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States. I am as sure of this as anything I have ever known. 
America is the greatest country in the world. And from tonight going forward, together, we will make America even greater than it has ever been for each and every one of us. Thank you. God bless you. And may God bless America. Is it over? Is she done? I'm so uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but that, that speech makes me, I relive that same night that Trump got elected. And it makes me feel so good when I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, you know, the kids say cringe. I'm, it's very cringy, the whole thing. And why of all time, right? Like for four years and beyond, we were always saying she's like a nice woman. You know, like she, she never expresses emotion. She had like one little moment where she showed a tear after New Hampshire and she lost. And um, now she's going to just blubber her way through the speech to try to show like for what? Why? Yeah, I th- I don't even think that was her actual speech. She even put Make America Great Again in that at the end. Did you hear yeah, that? She said greater. <laughs> Than ever before. Yeah, but uh, I think this is just uh, a marketing employed for her class. I don't think this was her, actually her speech. Yeah, because she didn't come off very genuine. Just, it, it felt like it was a show. Yeah, yeah. she never does. Yeah. She she never she does. This is why she was a terrible politician. She just like to your point mm-hmm. of authenticity. I don't. Yeah. I actually don't think that is the authentic Hillary. I've spoken with enough people who know her to say she actually can be warm. She likes to throw down some vodkas in her spare time. She yeah. can be fun to hang out with, but. Man, you put that camera in front of her or an audience of any kind, and she is like, I am a politician. I am smart. I right. am woman. Hear me roar. And then the people yeah, know. That, it's like, we're not connecting at all. Yeah, that woman is tone deaf. <laughs> Big time. And I mean, who who told her that would be a good idea? How pathetic. Can you imagine? Like, reading your, your speech, like, how embarrassing. I, I Like, it shows yeah. such bad judgment. Maybe she's just getting older and losing it a little. Yeah, it yeah she like, probably just ran with it. I bet all the producers like, what are you doing? You're messing this up. Yeah, I'm sure Bill was like, don't do this, Hillary. This, don't do it. I, or maybe he was like, like maybe we should just read my actual acceptance speeches both times. That would be good, too. Um, <laughs> right. Okay, so, so uh, from Hillary to Fauci, because he's back at it, guys. And as mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't. He loves vaccines and he loves boosters, and that's fine. I'm vaccinated. I love the vaccine, though I'm disappointed in it. It's certainly not doing as much as we were promised. Um, right. And it's not Omicron. I mean, yes, I guess we're going to Omicron's particularly contagious, but Delta is pretty contagious. And uh, if you get a breakthrough infection, you're not necessarily guaranteed some walk in the park. It's like, oh, well, you won't die. Well, that's good. But people like me weren't dying anyway. So like, why did I get it? OK, fine. Not, not right. anti-vax. I'm just saying. So now Fauci. Right is once again moving the goalposts on us. Here he was in an interview on CNN on Wednesday about what equals fully vaccinated. So do you think the definition of fully vaccinated should now change? Well, you know, it, it, as you say, it, it, it's a technical, almost semantic definition. And it is the definition for requirements. If someone says, Are you fully vaccinated to be able to attend class in a university or a college or be able to work in a workplace? Right now, Kate, I don't see that changing tomorrow or next week. But certainly, if you want to talk about what optimal protection is, I don't think anybody would argue that optimal protection is going to be with a third shot. Whether or not it officially gets changed in the definition, I think that's going to be considered literally on a daily basis. That's always on the table. Always on the table because this and this discussion has been going on for a bit. And I was just kind of with this data coming in this morning, I'm kind of stuck with, is it a matter now of when 
not if the definition yeah. of fully vaccinated changes. You know, my own personal opinion, Kate, is what you said is correct. It's going to be a matter of when, not if. Naturally. It's going to be more and more and more and more, more. Say again. I said, I was like, thanks, Dr. Fauci, for the warning. Yeah. Lisa, let us know what's coming down. Well, I don't really get what's going on with this this booster shot. I've never heard of a booster for a chicken pox, measles, none of that. Now there's a booster shot for an actual vaccine you have to take to. Yeah. Booster it. shots for vaccines. It's a vaccine. It should be yeah. one and done. Right. Might not but, be functioning as we hope. I mean, you get a flu vaccine every year if you want one. Oh, they call those flu shots vaccines? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just a shot. Yes. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, and in the in the in the wake of this, we hear Pfizer saying we all need to get a third shot of the Pfizer uh, vaccine because a booster against Delta. And by the way, you might need a fourth once Omicron really gets going. So I like, OK, now it's four. And I'm sure Pfizer has absolutely no financial stake in this whatsoever. Right? No reason to be pushing it. And then soon it's going to yeah. be five. Then it's going to be six. And how many like how many can they make us get to get into the arena to watch a Knicks game or into the restaurants in New York or into the schools in L.A.? Like how far will the American people let it go? Yeah, I'm well, the left is going to let it go really far. Yeah. I mean, it's like when Trump was still in office, they were all against the vaccine. Right. Like, I'm convinced if Trump was still in office, every side effect, anything that happened to somebody when it came to that vaccine, it would be reported. Right. But because he's not in office, that's true. They, the, the whole narrative is just turned around. They're going to use that vaccine to divide. It comes down to this. If you want the vaccine, I mean, I'm all for people taking a vaccine. I'm, everybody else take the vaccine. If you want the vaccine, I mean, the vaccine is there for you to take it. If you feel that it's necessary when you sit down with your doctor. If somebody doesn't want the vaccine, that's nobody else's business but their own. Yeah. I really don't get why they're separating and dividing and treating citizens differently because based on their vaccine status, because we don't really know the actual effectiveness of this vaccine because every day you hear about a breakthrough case. I'm like, yep. it's supposed to give you some word of protection. They took a they changed the definition and said it doesn't give you immunity per se, but it will offer you some protection. Like, how do you go about taking people who take the vaccine and then determine that you're actually going to have better success against the vaccine because there's no long-term studies on this vaccine that everybody's yeah. taking. I mean, how many times do this uh, breakthrough case got to keep happening for it's no longer a breakthrough? Right. I always thought well, a breakthrough was like maybe well, a couple of times here and there. Yeah. It's like every day there was a cruise ship um, that um, everybody's vaccinated on the cruise ship. The staff, 3,200 people, 3,200 people on the ship and they had, a, they had an outbreak of COVID. 14 the, breakthrough cases. Yeah, it's that's the thing. So like when they first released the vaccine, it was supposed to, they thought that it was going to stop reinfection or infection. And now mm, with right. Delta, certainly that has not been the case. It doesn't stop you from getting COVID. Now they were like, it, it prevents hospitalization uh, or death in most cases. But I look at my kids, I'm like, well, they're not at risk of that. So what's the reason to give it to them? Like what? if they're yeah. going to get it anyway, they're going to get COVID with or without the vaccine and yeah. they have virtually zero risk of hospitalization of de or death. Why am I giving it to them when I when there aren't long term tests on it? And I haven't vaccinated my kids yet. I'm not I'm not saying I will never do it. They're certainly not going to go first. But I wonder, you guys, you have kids. Are you what do you think about vaccinating your own kids? I got a wait and see approach. I mean, like you said, kids are not susceptible uh, to this uh, to this virus. I mean, not, it's not like a lot of kids dying from this. 
Yeah. It's just this this um, virus has only really impacted the older generation. Right. I mean, I think, man, it's just like if you're young, you're fine. So I'm just taking a wait and see it. Bro. Yeah, we've already had COVID. So um, did you get it at the I same really time? I don't really see the need for it. Do you get it at the same time? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Do everything together. Of course. Of course so you I don't think it's really no need for me to get the uh, the vaccine that's, because I've already had it. That's like right. who, who yeah. gets the flu and then go gets the flu shot? It yes. just makes yes. sense. That's, I have natural immunity. Yeah, that's like the biggest red flag for me. I mean, I'm not even a scientist, and I know once I have a certain sickness that I've, I've developed immunity. But they're still pushing this vaccine on people who have already been exposed to the actual virus. There's no better vaccine for a virus than actually being exposed to the actual virus. And they're mm-hmm. still pushing. They're calling us unvaccinated. Yeah. And if, I mean, if I you're just so wish, dangerously yeah. con- contagious or you're a danger after you've had COVID, then why did they let all those doctors and nurses who had it get up front and, right. and in the face of all those you know, compromised, immunocompromised patients during the height of the pandemic? Were they being totally irresponsible? Did they all die because of the doctors and nurses around? No, they, those, they didn't get anything from those doctors and nurses because they were immune, something the rest of the world recognizes. We're the, we're the ones who won't, the United States. Right. And now they're being fired for not being vaccinated. The nurses and doctors who was on the front lines when this firemen, policemen, they was there on the first line when this epidemic actually broke out. Yeah. Nobody now they're actually being terminated. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and they're well, cowards. Did, did you guys hear about this um this kid who was vaccinated, a teenager was vaccinated without his mom's consent? We actually this oh, is a soundbite. Uh is this from a news report, our soundbite? Um it's from the yeah, it's, a, it's from a news Barack report. Barack Obama Academy? <laughs> yeah, Barack Obama it. Global Prep Academy. You got it in South L.A. Take a listen. Take a listen to this one. The lady that gave him the shot and signed the paper was the one that told my son, please do not say anything. I don't want to get in trouble. Well, what? It's well, scary. she should. That is so scary because um, about three months ago, I bought a, a car. And uh, while I was doing my paperwork, the finance guy he was telling me how his daughter wanted to travel uh, overseas. So she had to get vaccinated because she was going to have like this great trip she had planned in Europe and everything. And two weeks after she took her second dose, she developed a blood clot and it went to her lung and she died. He said, we don't have proof that it was due to the actual vaccine. But this girl was healthy. She had no pre-existing condition. She was a healthy young woman. Yeah. And she just dropped dead after taking the second shot of this vaccine. And it's like, it's so heartbreaking when you hear about stuff like that. I mean, and then they're pushed and they're tricking kids for it giving them a vaccine and giving them pizza and don't tell anybody. It's like, and they're the most vulnerable. That's crazy. She should, she should sue. She should sue that school district. That's they have no business. Um, yeah, I know. And, and I've, I've heard anecdotally disturbing reports too. It's like the, I understand overall the vaccines are safe, but too, in too many yeah. instances, the reports of problems are getting buried. And we've had people on the show to jump up and down and sound the alarm on it. And, you get a YouTube, you know, warning label if you do it, but too bad. Their stories, we can't all suppress their stories. We we deserve to take these vaccines or not take them with open eyes. That's what informed consent actually right. means, right? Yeah. All we ask is that everything is investigated. Don't push any agenda. Just treat this neutral. Be objective with everything. And the left is such hypocrites that one of their biggest arguments uh, against abortion is my body, my choice. Why does that apply to people when it comes to vaccine? Well, so what they say is your abortion doesn't affect my health. You know, their their point is you have to get the vaccine so I don't get COVID. I have to take a vaccine so it works for you. 
why else are we vaccinating our kids? That's literally the only reason right. to do it. And, and, and when pushed, advocates of the mandatory vaccines for kids will say, well, it's about the grandmas. You know, like, do you really want your kid to infect grandma? Well, shouldn't that be up to me and grandma and not you, not yeah. Dr. Fauci, right? Like, shouldn't I get to decide what risk I'm willing to make my child bear to protect my mom or a family member who's older? Exactly. This is what, and the crazy the thing, Megan, it doesn't prevent you from spreading grandma. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it's like, right. I feel like I'm stuck in a soft talk episode. Yeah. It doesn't prevent you from spreading it to grandma to begin with. It doesn't prevent you from getting sick and it doesn't prevent you from dying. From. They say you have a better chance of surviving the, um, the, the virus, but we all do. It's like 99% depending on your age and your, uh, yeah. your, your, your uh, it's just everything. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, this world doesn't make sense anymore. That's right. And grandma, by the way, will, if she's smart, have had the vaccine, which is what's supposed to protect her from, you know, death or hospitalization, ideally. Although, you know, it's tougher as they get older. All right. Stand by, guys, because there's so much more to talk about with you. Really enjoying it. Um, and much more with the Hodge twins coming up in one minute. So we talked about at the top of the show how we I think the jury got it right. in Jesse Smollett, you guys think so as well. I think they got it right in Kyle Rittenhouse. I think you guys agree with that. Um, here's one in which the judge did not get it right. It wasn't a jury, it was a judge. He said an 11-year-old girl must get the COVID vaccine in the context of a divorce proceeding. This is upstate New York. That's my hometown area. He uh, sided with the mom in ordering her 11-year-old daughter to get it. The father didn't want to. The father said mm, he was a scientist and he's a college professor. He said, yeah, you know, it's it's too soon. There haven't been studies on the long term effects, like you guys said. But Monroe County Supreme Court Justice Richard Dollinger disagreed, saying time is of the essence to get this 11 year old protected. Now, as far as the reports go, she doesn't have any comorbidities, no health issues. And he says, and I quote, waiting uh, to be sure, as the father wants me to do, is simply untenable when the specter of killing uh, of a killing or incapacitating disease is swirling in the environment surrounding this young girl. <laughs> what, <laughs> what is going on? It's swirling. It's like lining. It's like, it's like pig pens cloud above him. It's ready to get her. She's 11. The 11 year olds are not dying from COVID. Right. I mean, if this virus is as deadly as they say it is, I mean, you wouldn't have to ask nobody to get it. They will be fighting in line to get that shot. (laughs) Everybody knows that 99% of the population should be just fine. That's even higher for kids or someone who's 11 years old. It's just just the left has this agenda for whatever reason. In a sense, they're spreading misinformation. I mean, it doesn't prevent the 11-year-old from getting the virus. It doesn't prevent that 11-year-old who's fully vaccinated from spreading the virus. By their own omissions of of the facts, they're spreading misinformation to the public. Yeah. You know, speaking of Kyle Rittenhouse, he's been making some of the media rounds uh, in the wake of his acquittal. And he went on um, The Blaze, spoke with some Mm -hmm. folks hosting You Are Here, a successful, popular podcast over there and show. And um, they asked him how he felt about LeBron James who questioned Kyle's tears on the stand. Remember, LeBron's, LeBron had tweeted when Kyle cried on the stand, what what tears? I didn't see one. Man, knock it off. That boy ate some lemon drops before walking into court. He had the chance to respond to that, which was actually pretty interesting. Here's how that went. The cool thing about lemons, that's the, I'll, I'll eat lemon straight up. It's really good. Well, you know, LeBron really? said you're eating yeah. lemon drops, and then he got, yeah, right? uh, and then he got the flu. 
Obviously, lemons don't make Kyle cry. He just eats them. I eat them okay? straight up. I threw away Brownie. my Lakers shirt. Just everyone else. I mean, I'm kind of disappointed you had one in the first yeah, place. I'm but... from LA. I'm yeah, I, am, I was a Lakers fan too before he said that. Really? Yeah. I was really pissed off when he I said was that because I like LeBron. And then I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, LeBron. Mm. <laughs> uh, he's freed up in his conversation post acquittal. What do you make of it? I mean, good for him. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like LeBron's um, complaining about how he's fake crime, but you can cry for an NBA title. This this grand six scheme of things that NBA championship doesn't mean anything. Yeah, this guy's standing on trial for his life. He could be locked up for the rest of his life when he's just trying to, uh, yeah. you know, defend himself. But you can cry for an NBA title. It's just everything that comes from the left, just like President Trump said. Everything woke turns to you, you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, to me, it's like LeBron. Okay, so you're so tough, right? You would never cry if you were on stand for your life. But it's like, if you're so tough, why aren't you standing up against China? Where's your statement about this Peng Shui who's been disappeared by the Chinese government for accusing one top official of having sexually assaulted her? Right. She's like anything we've seen of this tennis player, this world class tennis player has been controlled by the Chinese in videos orchestrated by the Chinese. The woman's clearly not free to say anything. And not only do we do business with them, we as America, the NBA does huge business with them, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, We're having the Olympics there. We're sending our athletes. It's only a diplomatic boycott Biden announced, which is a nothing. And we can't even get guys like LeBron I will say contrast that to Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka and Roger Federer in tennis to just even send out a damn tweet. In fact, the only thing he did was condemn the Houston Rockets manager for his one little free Hong Kong tweet. Yeah. I mean, it's just hypocrites. I mean, most of the stuff that comes out of their mouth, they don't even mean it. They're just all about getting that money. That's that's what it's all about, too. He Um, has so much. Yeah. It's like, I mean, his shoes are like made in China by, you know, like, pretty much slaves right you know they're not really getting paid it's like it's it's just so horrible that so many people look up to this guy and i was just like written out when i was younger yeah i mean when they, when they defeated the golden state warriors i was one of the biggest lebron james when he won that title yeah but when he started getting all political and the things he was saying i cannot support a man who thinks this way and spreads misinformation that he does yeah and then for him to be quiet on all the atrocities that happens in china the communist government regime, and he says nothing, and he telling every black person in this country that this country is racist. He's a despicable human being. Yeah, he's horrible, horrible person. I wish I could what say more. Make but, of, um, yeah. What do you make of the boycott calls? I mean, I've heard a lot of smart people say the only thing that would have any teeth and would send a message to China is we don't send the athletes. Pull a Jimmy Carter 1980s and just don't send them. Um, but I also understand these athletes train their whole lives for this event. It's like it's hard to punish them for it. But I mean, China, China, it's like it's I can see both arguments that China would we would we have gone to Nazi Germany back in the day? It's like they're engaged in an ethnic genocide. How do we go over there and pretend that's not happening? Um, I mean, I I thought that was like really epic what happened when uh, Jesse Owens went to the Olympics and Hitler was Mm -hmm. there. And, you know, Hitler was talking about, um, you know, uh, Aryan nation and white supremacy. And when he came out there and smoked them dudes and. Uh, Jesse, uh, you know, he represented America. And but like you said, like these people trained their entire life and then they just came. I'm all for them actually going there and showing what uh, freedom and liberty and what a great country this is. 
Yeah, but go out there and support America and show everybody what America's about. Don't turn your back on the flag. Don't yeah. yell. Don't do any of that crap. Yeah. Show everybody how you live. You come from the best country in the world. Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, the thing about the, the Jesse Owens moment is it, it was before World War Two, right? It wasn't like we it hadn't been outed that that Hitler was doing all that he was doing and he was still ramping up the campaign. We know what they're doing right now. We know. Yeah. We know what the Chinese yeah. are doing. It's it's it to me, it feels very uncomfortable sending our it's really not even our fault, to be honest. It's the IOC's fault for awarding the Olympics to China, understanding that they right. were engaged in all these human rights abuses. And now we're in this impossible position. Yeah, we're actually fun in China. I mean, if they ain't whole thing is with Evergrande, that's, that's American money. We're actually supporting the communist government. Mm-hmm. America is. Yeah. Oh, I, I, well, that was Mark Cuban's point when he came on my show. I, you know, he owns this basketball team. I'm not a big sports person, but he owns um, the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> and um, I was giving him a hard time for taking China's money. And he's a very pro BLM guy. And I, I recognize in his position, you almost have to be, you know, in the NBA as a, as a team owner, but very outspoken about that. And then I was like, mm, not so outspoken when it comes to China, whose dollars yeah. you're taking. And he wouldn't yeah. be. And that, that to me is the hypocrisy of, you know, Cuban and LeBron and all these guys. It's like, if you're going to become an activist, you better watch it because yeah. it's very fair for the rest of us to ask, where's your activism on genocide, on the intentional right. disappearance of a you know star tennis player who just was alleging she'd been sexually assaulted. I mean, it's crazy stuff. All right, so let mm-hmm. me talk about you guys for a minute. So you mm-hmm. um, you know you launched your YouTube show and so on. Now you become big stars. And now you mentioned your daughter Keith Dana, right? I understand mm-hmm. she's become a star already in her own oh, right. So how old <laughs> is she? And do you want her following in your footsteps? Um, you ought to see the threats she get for. For her dad, for it, for her dad. I mean, just people say crazy. I mean, she's her own person, uh, and um, it's like because I came out politically, a lot of that stuff gets thrown in her lap, like his oh, in, yeah. uh, Instagram and messages like that, like death threats and stuff like that. Oh, but uh, I really, I think I really want my uh, daughter to like get like a regular job, understand what it's like to clock in and clock out, and to work for somebody else. But on second thought, you know, having your own business and being your own person is great, too. I just wanted her to go through some hard times like I did so she appreciate things more. But, I mean, she's having a lot of fun with it. And she hasn't came out politically because she's just like her dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just told her to just have fun and just, um, you know, don't let get into the political realm. As a now, wait, I, I understood she came out and defended you for being a Trump supporter. Yeah. In 2020, yeah. we actually have that soundbite 22. Let's watch. Oh, yeah. Well, you got it all, don't you? <laughs> political views. Honestly, I don't feel no way towards them. I know a lot of people can be like, what? You don't feel no way towards your dad's political views? Like, honestly, I feel like everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I know a lot of people think that I should stop loving my dad or something because he's a Trump supporter, first of all. That is my father. He gave life to me. Well, not just him, him and my mom, because they did that. <laughs> but, like, he's my dad at the end of the day. I don't have any love lost for my father. That's my dad at the end of the day. And I'm not going to stop loving him just because you don't like him. Like, I don't care if you don't like my dad or not. That's still my dad, and I love him to death. That is not going to change over your opinion over him. Mm, and now... 
We love her. That's awesome. You're doing something right. Yeah. It didn't start out that way. I had to <laughs> get a uh, Candace Owens book. <laughs> <laughs> you made her sit down and watch a bunch of Candace videos, Larry Elder, Uncle Tom, all that. Yeah, yeah. She um at first she was um she fell in debt because in our culture, in the black culture, she like watches a lot of black TV shows, black music. And this stuff is really pushed on black people to be Democrat if you're not yourself, your Uncle Tom. So she was kind of falling into that even when she was just in high school. But as she got older and she started seeing both sides of it, now she totally understands. My son's the same way. He comes home and says, hey, Dad, look, they shot this black dude for no reason. I say, no, nah, they didn't shoot him for no reason. I yeah. said, people are spending things. You have to dump. I, I told my son, when you sit down and listen to the news, you have to actually think for yourself. Uh, the left is going to spin it one way. The right is going to spin it one way. But you have to sit down and you have to take in all the facts. And you have to think for yourself because a lot of people, whenever they're reporting the news, they have their own agendas, their own mm -hmm. narratives. You have to be your own person. You have to think for yourself because yeah. you can't rely on but anything anybody says on the news because everybody's got an agenda. You have to think for yourself. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm really you, proud of my daughter, though. She grew up fast. You should be. She's a star. Do you, do you yeah. worry? Um, Kevin, do you worry about your son? You know, I've had I've talked to a lot of black moms and dads who who talk about, quote, the talk that they have to give their mm -hmm. child about if you get pulled over by a cop, here's what I expect you to do. And that right. I include in that four black female police chiefs that I interviewed a couple of years ago who are they're not anti-cop, but they're like, of course, I had to tell my teenage son, this is what you do and this is what you don't do. You can argue it both ways. I mean, I, I'm 100 percent going to tell all three of my kids the same thing, but the risks will be lower for my teenage daughter than for a, a black male teenager. I think we have to admit that. Um, I don't know. I, I've been put over multiple times from cops. I've had. I ran Why would you do? Black cops. I don't think it's necessarily based on my skin color. I've never had to sit down with my son and have that talk. Hey, because you're black, you got to do certain things. I mean, it goes without saying when you get put over, you show that person. That woman, that man, respect you. Do what they told you to do. But I, I do teach him to understand his rights and what's right and what's wrong. You just do the right thing. You be respectful, and everything should be fine. Mm -hmm. If in any event you're arrested for for doing something that you didn't do, I tell my son to shut his mouth, and I get you a lawyer. I said, but right. when that man, or that woman pulls you over, you have absolutely nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, I mean, I've been put over by cops. I've <laughs> Put your hands on, uh, what is it, 9 and 12? 10 and 2. I mean, yeah. 9 and 2, it's like 10, 10, and two. 10 and 2, whatever. It's like, <laughs> I've never, I've been put over a lot of times. I have a horrible driver. It's clean now, but I've never been mistreated by cops, ever. Yeah, I think it's interesting that Kevin's first instinct was like, they didn't pull me over because I was black. So what he's basically saying is they pulled me over for a very good reason. So I, yeah. I was doing I was speeding. I was doing the thing, you know, been there. It happened to me recently, but I'm not making a admission because that case is still in court. <laughs> Hired a lawyer to try to get, I get that put one. over Megan. They let me go. Oh, at Austin, they made it slow down. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See that it all comes back to help you. You might have lost the 10,000 followers but you wound up with five million and a, bu a bunch of them i'm sure yeah. are cops you guys so fun talking to you and next up i want you to bring dana when you come back okay yeah yeah she'll be Love shocked her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly we'll make her a star next too such a pleasure you guys thanks for being here thank you and everybody, you need to remember this. You can catch their live comedy tour later this month and in the new year. And to find out the dates, just go to official 
HodgeTwins.com, OfficialHodgeTwins.com for more information. Um, Monday, we're going to check in on the Kim Potter trial with our friend Andrew Bronca. So don't, don't miss that. And in the meantime, download our show on Apple, Pandora, Spotify, and Stitcher. Go to YouTube.com slash Megyn Kelly. Help me get those numbers up. Five million sounds pretty good to me. Have a great weekend, you guys. Thanks for listening to The Megyn Kelly Show. No BS, no agenda, and no fear.